Thank you, Jesus. God, we just give you praise. Thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for coming in and having your way. We thank you for revelation on our finances, God. We thank you for revelation on our relationship and revelation on the power of God. We know those three things, the anointings are on real strong right now. And, it, and power travels through word, uh, relationship, not through words. Power travels through relationship, not with words. God, and we thank you for developing that in our life, that, that when we develop that relationship, finances, healing, restoration, all those things we can uh, possess out of that relationship with you. And we just thank you for it. We just give you praise. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. It's good to see everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. I've been reading about Cornelius, and I just, I, I came to prayer Friday, and the anointing was so strong in here on finances. I mean, really strong. We, we found out, and, and this is no way to get money because uh, this is a revelation about our money. That's what I'm trying to get across um, because God supplies all of our needs. And Pastor Cindy and Julie and different ones, Rhonda and different ones doing the painting and the presents and cooking and all that. Well, we found out our plane tickets to Africa. We leave in a month, and we found out our plane tickets were uh, $1,100 each, and, and that wasn't counting our hotel and our food, and, and, but they've been painting back there for missions for I don't know how long, and um, just about all that will be covered for, there's five of us going, of course, my husband got paid because he, cause he uh, works and he makes good money and he wants to pay his way, but, but we want to thank them for that, thank y'all for your efforts. And, and that so it takes money those tickets wind up being almost six thousand dollars and um it's it, and that's not counting the hotel or food or so it takes money to preach the gospel so we we have to think about those things before we judge people when they take up offerings because we don't know what it costs if we're not doing it you know and brother andy's testimony last week he might have brought this wave in because it's been a wave here ever since and that he's got up and testified about our finances. But I just like to start off reading in Acts and talk, uh, teach as I read. And we'll start with Acts 10, verse 1. It says, there was a certain man, and somebody read this for me. Uh, Josh Jenkins, would you like to read? Uh, 10 verse 1. Just keep reading until I just teach. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. So what did he do? He gave alms generously and prayed. He didn't just pray. I hear the rumors, intercessors are broke. No, they're not. Not if you pray and obey God and you're giving, you're not broke. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No, don't put that on me. I am not broke. Hallelujah. And we pull it off the intercessors. We are not broke. 
So he was a devout man, and he feared God with all of his house. Um, that means he probably didn't allow... It's all right. He probably didn't allow uh, horror movies, and he probably... He feared God in his whole house, it says. Um, and that goes back to that relationship. When you, when you want to spend time with God, you... That's more important than watching stuff like that on TV and then fighting your way back out of that because we opened the door for it. So uh, what it said, he gave generously to the people and prayed to God always. Always. The Bible said pray without ceasing. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, so we see if you're having visions and dreams, and he saw it clearly. Why did he see it clearly? Because, that's right, he didn't expect Julie to get that breakthrough for him. You know, in the, this example, like drama team, um, some people will get like an inclination. They'll get like the beginning of, of a drama, and they'll come bring that. And, and want someone else to finish it through, that's the same thing. It's not completing your own breakthrough. It's bringing that for someone else to finish, but, but that is not their vision. That drama, that used to happen to Michelle a lot. Oh, I saw this much. What do you think we can do with this? Can we write a drama? Well, if you finish what you're seeing, we can definitely write a drama, but God didn't give me that to to give you the revelation of it. If, he's, if he starts giving you revelation in his word, he gave that to you to pray it through, not Elder Barbara. So you pray it through, and then you bring it for the church. Amen? Okay. Verse 4 says, And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? Because he saw in a vision an angel coming and saying to him, Cornelius, I think that might be a little scary, especially, especially if I wasn't praying. <laughs> and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Wow. My prayers and my giving are on God's mind. They come up before him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, though, we're talking prayers and giving. Some people give, 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 and want, want to know why they ain't never moved out that old place they've been in 40 years. Well, do you break through in prayer? Because I can tell you Dr. Sorella don't have everything he has by just giving. He has it by praying and giving. Amen? So... We thank God for that. We thank God for showing us praying and giving. And so what happened for Cornelius? He's in his house praying. He's in his house praying. When we read on, it'll say he's in his house praying. And God sends this angel to him and says, go to this place, and there's going to be a man there. He told him exactly where to go to find Peter. He's going to be sitting by the sea. And he's going to give you a word that's going to save your whole household. Wow. He's going to give you a word 
See, because Peter's not supposed to talk to him. At this time, the gospel was only being preached to the Jews. These are Gentiles. So I heard a, a, a preacher the other day said, really, we, you know, God, it was all for the Jews. It, it's just, it's a blessing that he redeemed us also. But this whole, this whole chapter is about, a lot of it's about being prejudiced and thinking that, that you're better or no. Um, yes, God loves us and we're grafted into the Jews, but they didn't preach to the Gentiles. They weren't trying to reach them. And this man is sitting here praying, save my house, save my house, save my house. And he sends an angel and says, okay, go down here by the seaside. There's going to be a tanner. Name, there's going to be a tanner, and his name's Peter. And he's going to give you a word that's going to save your whole household. So maybe if you're worried about your child, you're, you're worried about your wife, your husband, if we would, if we'll get in prayer and not only give, because it's easy to just, some people, not everybody now, some people have to break through in their giving, but some people that's not hard for them to do just to give you money. One time somebody gave Julie money for their child. Well, that put a big responsibility on her. She went to praying and fasting over that child. But why didn't the mom and daddy do that instead of just giving her the money? See, it wasn't hard for them to give her the money. It was hard for them to go to prayer and get that breakthrough for their self. Amen? So what did that make you feel like? They bought you. That I'd been bought. Okay. All right. So he says, Your prayers and your alms have come up for memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Isn't that awesome? I don't have to wonder what to do with my child. He says right here, he, said, he told him where to go, where Peter's going to be, and he's going to give him a word. Hallelujah. He's going to tell you what you must do. But it came through prayer and giving. It didn't, it didn't always come going to the next prophet. See, this church, y'all are so much power every week, I think. God, we need another church over here. We need a church in El Dorado because there's so much power in here. When you come to Sunday school, that's why we're teaching right now. We have to line up the teachers and preachers. There's so much power that when you come to Sunday school in here, everybody can teach and preach. And um, so this is a mature church, bringing in new people into growth, but it is a mature church. So we can go to God, and we can get the answer for ourselves. Amen? I was praying yesterday, and I saw, I saw a mama, because someone told me last week, they said, you know, it's got to be worth it to me to come to church. And what they were saying, if, my, if, if the worship's just off the chain off that day, which it, it is, we have a great worship team, um, but maybe they didn't feel it for their self or whatever, had a bad night. Well, it's got to be worth it to me. And I was like, what does that mean? 
what does that mean? The Bible says to, to keep the Sabbath holy. <laughs> it doesn't say if it's worth it to me. But so I got to thinking about it. I said, okay, God, Mama taught us, you know, how to die to our flesh. I hopefully taught some people how to disarm the enemy and possess their land. And I almost felt guilty. I was talking to Pastor Casey last night, and, and, and I said, okay, well, well, let's teach about love. Let's teach about love. Let's teach that we do it for love because it's got to be worth it to, to people. Some people, apparently, they got to do it for another reason than just to go get a word for their child. And I don't mean it ugly, but it almost made me feel like them whole eight years of my life was, no, now we got to do something better because that didn't make us do it. So we got we to gotta make you know you're loved before you're going to do it. And I said, no. I gave them the keys. The Holy Ghost through me gave them the keys to go in there and get free. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for it, God. Thank you, Jesus, for the revelation and the know-how. If I want to know how, then the word has been brought forth through these years, and it's still coming forth through our prayer leaders and our, in our home groups and through Freedom 3. It's still coming forth in Freedom 1, how to get my prayers answered. How did Cornelius get his prayers answered? He prayed himself. He prayed himself, God. He prayed himself. How, this devout man, God, he prayed and he gave, God. How, somebody say, I prayed and I gave. Hey, I prayed and I gave. Hallelujah. Hey, remember our giving, God, like you did Cornelius. You said you remember. You, you said as we've gone through this word that God, Cornelius, God remembers your prayers and your alms. Freedom, God remembers your prayers. Because there are people that are going in and taking their land. And they don't have to have a reason except for relationship with God. Because they want to. But if my child is over here in the ditch, I ain't got to feel good to do it. <laughs> but I do see that it, to possess land, it might have to be something that we love more than ourselves that we're after. Because it's not easy to go in there and fight that battle. But... But, so I do see that. If, if we start getting the revelation that, oh, I do this for God because, um, you know, in freedom we learn how to grow up and do our destiny. That's what that's, we, so, you know, we're after it. We're after it. And I used to say, Pastor Penn said, I don't know my place. I don't know my place. I don't know my place. She said, prayer, prayer, prayer. Well, the next one, she's telling him, prayer, prayer, prayer. And one day you'll be doing your destiny. And that's the truth. That's the truth. So one day, you know, um, just in the service or something, she said something, and, and I said a word, and she said, you preaching, get up here. And then she started asking me to preach. That's how I started in my destiny. I didn't have to go book my own shows. <laughs> I came to prayer, and I gave, and then, then one day, the morning, someone saw it and started pulling me up, okay? Um. So I started doing that, and I'm like, God, my first message was on money. You know, the anointing's on money today. My first message was on money, and some of them didn't like it, God, because I was talking about that miser spirit. 
And that that thing, if you have it, you're going to wind up like a skeleton and have nothing because that's what it does. It takes everything from you. But I looked up, and one person even left the church. And Mama said, well, it's about that money. And I went home, and I cried. I said, God, if people's leaving when I preach, I don't ever want to do this again. And I saw where Peter, in the Bible, he says that God had to go to Peter, and he says, do you love me? And that's what God was doing to me. He says, do you? I said, I don't wonder. There's nothing in that for me, God. It's got to be worth it for me. Somebody say, people say it's got to be worth I was at that point, I guess, because I said, so I'm not knocking that level. I've been through that level and didn't know that's what that was. God, I don't want to do that. It don't feel good. I spend my whole day just getting revelation, trying to and praying and leaving my family to do it. I No. And he said, would you do it for me? And God quickened my spirit the other day where he said, Peter, Peter. Do you love me? What was he saying? Will you do it for me? If you love me, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. So that's one level. Did we ever see Peter, though? Just do it because of love? I, because when you love somebody, see, I do things for my husband because I love him, not because it's got to be worth it for me. So... There's another level in God, and that's what I'm saying, past the point of him saying, if you love me, you'll do this. If you love me, you'll do this. Oh, when you get that relationship of love, you'll do this, which all that's true. We will do more out of love than labor. But I want us to get to that other level, that next level where, where we say things like, uh, and some of y'all have done this, but the other day or, or doing it right now or in it, but I said, God... Why did, why did you use me to build a, continue building a prayer army for eight years and then tell me to give it up and go home and look at the walls and be by myself? I said, I don't understand that, God. When you came to me and wanted this job, this job, and you wanted me to stay with my husband when it wasn't fun, just being honest, when you, uh, all them things that I said, but I love you, so I do it because I love you. I do it because I love you. And then you come wanting that from me. And then all of a sudden, God, something just broke in my spirit. And I said, God, but I give this to you. What little bit of whatever I did help the kingdom, I give it to you, right? And I don't mean this in hum all this false humility. I'm trying to say what happened in me. I just give this to you, God. These eight years of building this prayer army, I give this to you. And if I never go up there and get to pray with them again, if we're never on the radio or anything else, I'm going to sit here because I know what my hat is. See, we don't need a bunch of hats on us. We need the hat God gave us. I know what it is. So if I don't get to do it in front of people, I'm still going to sit home and do what I do. So what, what was I doing when... That anointed woman of God found me. I was at home studying for a message when she was the preacher. I was doing what I do, what I would be doing already without anybody looking. So at this point in my life, if I know what I'm supposed to be doing, preaching and praying, then I, I do that at home. I, I'll look at that wall and preach to her or read this Bible and get another word from him and, and write them out. And if, if, 
that's all I do, that's all I do. So when that came in me and that surrender really came in me, because Pastor Benny Hinn said that one time. He said, you're going to give your Isaac up. You'll, you'll, God will come ask for it. He'll come ask for that thing you love and that you've given everything for. Now, I know this is a real strong level right here. This is pretty deep. But so I said, God, oh, my Jesus, I give it to you. I gave it to you the first time because you asked me, will you do it for me? Peter, do you love me? Angie, do you love me? Will you do it for me? I said, I, I remember that time. I remember that place in my heart. But this time, this time, I give it to you, God, because I love you. I give it to you because, and not asking nothing for it. I don't, I don't have to feel good. I don't have to know that they like it. I don't, because I love you, I give it to you. I, I give you my life not asking for anything back because when I love someone, I do those kind of things for that person. And I don't have to have a reason except for, oh, Tim, you love chocolate chip cookies. I'm going to go make you four dozen of them and you, you take them to work. I do it because I love him. So that's two different levels. Do y'all see those two different levels? The first time he had to ask, he had to, Speak to me and say, I've been waiting on a word, Sister Dan. I've been waiting on a word for a long time. God, if you just give me this word, I'll do this. If you just give me this word, I'll do this. If you'll just let me know my place and where my place is today in the body, I'll do this. I'll fast for you. I'll do anything, but I got to hear that word. But God was waiting for that word from me. That not feeling anything, not knowing any future, God... Oh, Jesus. Yes, these eight years of my life um, here, because I, I give it to you, because I love you. You're not having to come ask for it and say, you know you love me. Come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. You're not having to talk me into it. Just true surrender. And so... I'm excited about that because that means when I go to that level that the church does. The and we'll quit saying, what's in it for me? What's in it? That's a lot of work. We saw Friday. How, how, how much do I work to get that dollar? I'll go work 8 to 5. I used to work 8 to 5 for $30 a day. And all I was doing was running from prayer. And one day, the Holy Ghost, I was up there working. Then I had to buy lunch, and I lived at Longview, bought gas to get to work, had three children. And one day, you know, Mama was sending the troops up there because the enemy was trying to take me out. And I remember Pastor Cindy coming in, just checking on me. But it was a couple of days after that that the Holy Ghost said to me, he said, $30 a day, or you can go to prayer and, and give your life in prayer, and I'll supply your needs. But that was the call on my life. That was the call on my life. So I remember giving my notice that day. I said, that's kind of stupid, God. I mean, I can sow this $30 into the kingdom and, and, and get a lot more out of that when you speak to me. So when God's coming 
for your Isaacs, when he's coming for your, that thing that you cherish, that thing that you love, that thing that gives you value. He's coming for it because he wants, the value needs, it all needs to be for him. What I preach when it wasn't for me? Because how can God trust me to the next level if I don't give him that first level? When I don't just go on and do it anyway, when I don't, when I'm not feeling all them, getting all them, uh, oh, you're so great. Oh, you're the leader of freedom ministry. Oh, no, you sit down and you be quiet. And you let this church grow and bloom. Amen? So it's through our prayers and our giving. Somebody say, it's through my prayers and my giving. Cornelius prayed and he gave. And God sent the angel. And he said, go down here and find this man named Peter. And he's going to give you a word. And it's going to save your household. So we don't want to just focus on giving today. We want to focus on the combination of praying and giving. Because I see people that give their shirt off their back and they still eating potted meat. And I don't, I don't understand that. I, I, God, I do understand it though. Because they're giving, but are they praying and giving? And are you breaking through over your finances? If you have a financial need, are you trying to meet it yourself? Or are you going to the Father saying, God, you know what? You are my Father. And if my father was in the natural and he had millions, I could just go up to him and say, Father, I need money for Beekman Church, and he would write me out a check. So we know our father has that money. So why don't we go to him and ask him, God, you know, you're my father, and you said to start this, and these finance, I need these finances to start this. So, so I'm just coming to you because you said ask anything in my name, and We'd receive it. And I, I did that last week. I said, God, you told me one time you was my father. And when I needed something to come to you, and I had a vision of a natural father that was a millionaire, and you go in his office, Daddy, this is what I need. And even my husband, he had two million. He, and God is our, you know, he, so let's go to him, but let's go to him and break through in our finances. And, and quit trying to do it in our flesh. Amen? Somebody say, I got to quit doing that in my flesh. And I got to break through in the spirit and find out what is wrong with my finances if they never quit being wrong. There's something wrong if they never quit being wrong. If I have to go to Julie and meet my need, because she's not my heavenly father. She's great, though. But I go to him, and he meets my need. Amen. Is it time? Thank you, Jesus. Three minutes. God, we just thank you for Cornelius. We thank you for his life. We thank you that the gospel was not being preached to his family because he was Gentile. But you told him where a man of God was that would come and give his word of family, and it saved his whole household. God, I thank you for that. I thank you that you went past boundaries there. You went past uh, the way things already were, that they, they just didn't go to the Gentiles. But, God, you did that for that man that was praying in his house. <laughs> that man that was praying in his house, you sent someone to his house, God. 
to save his family, to give them a word. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We thank you, God, for taking the battle out of people's mind about their finances and showing them how to fix it in the spirit, God, how to pray and give, how to pray and give, pray and give. God, you said you remember Cornelius giving and his praying, God. Not just giving, not just praying, but obeying, God. Hallelujah. I pray and I give. I pray and I give. I don't just throw my money in there, God. I pray and you tell me what to give. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We thank you for it, God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and he was here Friday and money was falling on his feet. I mean, people were just throwing money at him. The anointing was on him. That's what I'm talking about. But how did the anointing get on him? Because he prayed and obeyed before that day. <laughs> he prayed and obeyed before that day. But there were some things, you know, he works in the Dominant at the Mill, and they moved some people over there to be coaches and different things. Where there was this, there was this, this couple men, they were putting them in a place, and Tim wouldn't fight it because one of them was family. And he didn't want to risk anything with that. But he was due a promotion to be a master tech. And what they wound up doing after about four different times of him coming and praying, and, and what they wound up doing is giving his job to this other man so they didn't have to put him somewhere else in the mill and cover themselves. And he was real hurt about that, and he wanted to go over their heads. And we came up here and prayed, and I said, we're just going to die to it. So that was a year ago or longer, and they called him in the office uh, Friday, and they said he thought it was going to be a bunch of people there, and it was him and the bosses and a union guy. And they started asking him his opinion, the bosses, about how to do some things in the mill, and they say, you are a thinker, and we see that you take action and things, and we want to know your opinion, how we can make this better. Well, anybody knows Tim, he ate that up, you know, that the bosses needed him. So, <laughs> But anyway, so he's sitting there, and they said, uh, we were wrong back in the day. It really could have went, it should have went to you, but it could have went either way, and we were wrong. And the only way we can give you this amount of money is make you a master tech. He said, but what that's going to do is put you over people that hadn't been here as long as you. And the union man said, and we don't like to do that. We don't do that very often because somebody been here 20 years, you've been here 10, and you're going to be their boss. They said, but to make this right, we're going to do this. And he said, and we're going to give you a $4 hour raise. So Tim figured that up, and that was 8000 a year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So he's just blown away. I said, but baby, remember you gave up that title of Master Tech. You died to it. Remember that day you did that at the altar? And remember when you gave? Remember when you prayed and you gave? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then someone, he went, he has a house, and somebody came up and said, we just want to buy your house. So right now they're trying to get the money to, to buy his house. So God, that's too blessed, double. Sandra's seeing double. All that happened in the same week, and Sandra always says she sees that double, that double anointing for finances on her life, and um, that happened this week. I want to tell you that, Sandra. 
So we give God praise for that. And we, so, yeah, he can pay his own plane ticket to Africa. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for it, God. We give you praise. We thank you, God, that Cornelius prayed and obeyed, and you sent a man of God to his house to give them a word to save their household. God, if I need my household saved, that I don't just give. I don't just give and go home and go to bed and let someone else do my praying. I pray and I obey, just like you told Cornelius. We give you praise for it. We thank you. Someone else want to share about this revelation? Because it's still flowing. Rhonda, you got an experience? Come share it. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us. Um, a couple years ago is when we really began to seek God over our finances. And we... God had begun to deal with us about tithing first, and then he, his, and then after we began to get that basis of tithing, um, we we started seeking God about our finances because we were, we had a lot of debt and we wanted to get rid of it, and so we just prayed and we'd ask God what to do, and He just began to just reveal what we should do, you know. Um, one of the main things that came up was that it was an old word that he had spoken, but he brought it up in a new light. And it says, whatever you take care of, that I will bless. I will bless that. So it's, it's like whatever you put your hands to prospers. But when, when you take your hand away from it, it kind of dies. You know, it's like you can buy a house, and if you never do anything to it, it's just going to fall apart. But if you put your hand to it, it's going to prosper. And so um, we began to do that with the car that we had. And it was a 2001 Impala. And it was, or a 2000 Impala. Um, but we began, when I would get a um, bonus from work at the school, I would, oh, we would put that money towards fixing the car. You know, getting new brakes, new spark plugs, new wires, new, you know, whatever we could get done on the car as much as we could because the transmission was going out and, and everything. And it was like, we, well, we can't do the transmission, but we can do other things to take care of this car. We can sew maintenance into this car. And then <laughs> come March, well, we, we sewed the maintenance mainly in November. Come March, we got a new car. I mean, it was a the newest car I've ever had. And all my life, I've never had a vehicle that I have not had to worry about whether or not it would get from point A to point B. And for the first time ever, I didn't have to worry about driving to Little Rock, to Monroe, to Monticello. It, was, it didn't matter if it was driving to Hamburg. I worried about whether or not it would make it. But for the first time ever, God blessed us Hallelujah. in our car. And he gave us a, this 2014. And I, because we took care of what he gave us, because we put our hands to it and we caused it to prosper. 
But it was a it was a biblical prophet a biblical word. It was you know it's just but we applied it. We applied the word of God that He brought to our mind that He brought to our spirits, and now. You know, through maintaining the other car, Andy now has a car of his own. And we didn't have to go down. We didn't have to go down to a 2000 just for him to have a vehicle. It's a 2012. So we have two new cars. Thank God. Amen. See, Uh, some some of you may not know, but when when I met Rhonda... She was living with a house with a hole in the floor and no bathroom. And she would, her husband, um, when, just this last year, he was walking from where they lived to the hospital to work because she works out of town. So when she's talking about a way to, she's talking about a way to get to work <laughs> without driving, walking 15 miles to Hamburg. So it may seem, oh, she just cares about a car. But no, you have to know where, where Rhonda came from. You have to know where Rhonda came from. And where God's bringing her. Hallelujah. Yes. Because yes. he cares. He cares about the little things. He cares about you feeling safe. Because I would not go out of town. I rarely went to Monroe, and if I did, I rode with someone else. If I had to go out of town, I rented a car because I didn't trust my own. Mm-hmm. Now I can drive my car and know that it's going to get there. And you don't know the feeling that that brings because you don't have to expect it to break down anymore. Okay. Just driving down the road and and fearful of it overheating. Mm -hmm. Fearful of it breaking down. Thank God. This is the first time ever in my life I don't have to worry about that. Thank My expectations Jesus. have changed because I have sowed into that car. Amen. And I continue to sow into that car. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yes, God, we give you praise for Rhonda and bringing her to that place that she's able to teach others how to come out of extreme poverty. Extreme poverty, God. I remember when people got out of prison and they couldn't get stuff cracked, she would bring them to her house. And they have rats this big in that house, you know. She lived in the middle of the woods. and But she would take in the drug addicts that was recovering. She's done that, I don't know how many times. And took them and fed them and brought them to prayer, brought them to church until they could come into their own where they could be stable enough to serve Jesus Christ. So... I just honor you today and your husband. And we don't take advantage of the revelations that you've lived your life for. You know, it's not just getting it out of a book. She lived it. Hallelujah. And I just want to say one more thing, and then we'll go let Elder Barbara teach. But um, I just, the revelation about Cornelius and the revelation about giving, praying and giving, when, when God came to me, he said, I said, I don't want to preach. They don't even like me, God. They don't, y'all love me. But I said, you know, people, they, they frown on that, women preachers. And it's not fun. Today, it's not fun, God. It wasn't fun that day. You ever left from doing your call, and it just wasn't fun that day. And um, I said, he said, would you do it for me? Well, that's the same thing he said, Peter, Peter, 
Peter, do you love me? But see, I, I had to have something before I would give my life. And, and so this, these last few months, I was waiting on that same something. But then I realized, well, maybe God's waiting on me without him telling me first, without him trying to make me. Maybe he wants that kind of love that I just freely give it. Because he is a giving God. And he didn't, he said, God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Nobody had to coerce him into doing that. In fact, God said, he, he's saying, let me, let me go. Let, give me a body. Let me go. Give me a body. So he was, he was ready to come give his life for us. And it didn't have to be something that he thought was worth it for him because he didn't know if we would serve him or not. He didn't know how many, you know, and he just gave it up. Somebody said, I'm going to just give it up because what do I have to lose anyway? 120 years of my life. Don't you rather, wouldn't you rather be walking in glory and, and, you, and you know, and doing it out of love, this isn't even the motive, but your crown is so heavy that you can't stand up straight for the souls that you gave your life for because it lets a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it'll die, it'll bear much fruit. So I can have my own life, but that's all I'm going to have. I can sow for my flesh, and that's all I'm going to have. You sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you reap everlasting life. Amen? So even giving a prayer is giving your life. Giving, we know, is giving your life, but so is prayer. So giving your life to him is worth it. Somebody say, it is so worth it. It's not a chore. It's not a burden. It's because I want to. Somebody, I, I, I want to. Are y'all ready? There today, if you're, I'm not talking about that second level. Maybe you're not, but maybe just, Peter, do you love me? Charlie, do you love me? Maybe we can make those commitments today. So God... We just stand to our feet this morning, and we just thank you, Jesus. And those here today, God, that are counting the costs and wondering if, if all, what do they do all this for? What do, they, what do they do it for, God? I know Elder Barbara does a whole lot. What does she do it for? What is her motivation? And God, those that, that you're right now, that you're, you're, you're coming upon and drawing them, like you did Peter. Peter, do you love me? God, let them see that what happened to Peter after that, God. What, let them see what all he did after that, God, after that commitment to you. And he, he, they won their world. They, they, uh, it wasn't a struggle because that surrender came in his heart. And then there's those, God, that's at that place where they just keep waiting on a word. They just keep waiting to hear from you. But maybe we just need to surrender it first. Maybe we just need to put everything that we've given ourselves for and lay it at his feet and say, God, it was all for you anyway. In fact, you built this prayer on me anyway. I didn't do that. So I just give my little pinky back to you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me the privilege of praying with these people. God, I thank you. I thank you for the privilege of it, God, because you didn't even have to get me to do it. 
So, God, we just, we just give you ourselves today. We surrender. We quit running from the surrender. We surrender. We quit running from commitment. We quit waiting on you to give us another big word before we do something for you, God. We just thank you today. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for a people that love God, but a people that go past what he will do for them and, and, and go to a place where they just want to do it because they love him, God. Because they love him, because they, there's nothing in it. They don't see anything in it today, God. They may not see anything, but giving, giving, giving today, God. Dying, 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 and someone else is using me up. But, God, you see that. You see that faithfulness. You see that heart, God. We thank you for checking our motives today. And what is the reason that I'm here? What is the reason that I play music? What is the reason that I sing? Is it for me to get glory? Do I get upset when they didn't give me a big holler that it was so good? Is it for me, God, or is it for you? Thank you, Jesus. Just 